Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is your moment. Your time to shine. Your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy D'Addario. Today's guest, oh man, oh man, I couldn't be more excited about this because he has always been one of my all-time favorite artists. Rob Thomas is a singer, songwriter, and multi-instrumentalist who rose to fame as the co-founder and lead singer of Matchbox 20. 3AM, Push, Unwell, If You're Gone, Yeah, those are just some of the many songs I have listened to thousands of times. Now, the band burst onto the scene in the mid-90s and has remained as one of the most beloved multi-generational bands in the world, captivating new audiences year after year. Rob continues to toggle between being a Grammy-nominated solo star and frontman for the multi-platinum rock band, so it's no surprise that he has racked up countless honors and awards because of his incredibly important contributions to music. And just as passionate as he is about music, he is equally as passionate about philanthropy. He's basically an all-around kick-ass human being. So today, we are getting into the holiday spirit and diving into his Christmas album, which in my opinion is one of the best Christmas albums to ever exist. We will dive into some career and life reflections and try to learn some new things about a man who has been in the spotlight for decades. So, let's see if today we can get Rob to say something that he's never said before. Rob Thomas, how are you, my friend? How's it going, man? It is going fantastic. I am so excited to be interviewing you today. I am such a fan of your work. I I grew up with your music. I've listened to it throughout my whole life. You've been there for some pivotal moments throughout my life. Well, actually, I imagine you you must get that a lot. A lot of people come up to you and say, yo, man, you literally are the soundtrack to my adolescence, to my growing up. Do you get that? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of the like the real joys of having the fortune to of longevity, right? Like you don't really like when you're a kid and you think about making it, whatever that means in the music business, you have all of these preconceived ideas of what you think they're going to be. But really, you don't think about the idea of, of, of the longevity and the idea of like watching these people get older with me, watching them start to bring their kids. I've, I've watched their kids grow up and their kids are bringing their kids. 
that's kind of as a beautiful gift that I never really thought was going to be a part of it. You obviously have a, a collection of iconic songs with Matchbox 20. You have amazing solo work. But something that I think is really cool and I was personally surprised by is when you came out with a Christmas album. And man, it is one of the best holiday Christmas albums I have ever heard for a variety of reasons that we're going to get into. And in honor of the festive month, we're going to talk all about that. But how did this even come to be? How does Rob Thomas say, you know what, I'm going to release some holiday music? I think every year at Christmas, my wife and I, there's a certain time of where we're sitting in, our, in the living room, where we have the piano and we're putting up a tree and she's putting some lights on or decorating and I'm fiddling around with Christmas music. And there's always a time where she goes, you need to make a Christmas album. We need to make a Christmas album. And the thing about that is you have to make a Christmas album like in the summer. So by the time the summer rolls around, you either I'm already working on a Matchbox or a solo record or we're on tour. And so it never really seemed fitting and I think that was just one of those things that like, I think like a lot of people had a lot of these creative baby that was, that were born out of the pandemic. And I think that was one of those ideas. I was home for the summer. And so I just turned my entire summer to make it all about Christmas. Like I took my studio and I put it all in Christmas lights. Luckily Hallmark channel was already playing like Christmas in July. So I didn't have to really make any changes. I could just put it on Hallmark and it was Christmas everywhere. And, uh, and I just lived Christmas throughout the summer. And it was just, I don't know, it's always something I think I wanted to do and just never found the time to do it. Well, let me tell you, it's very hard to write good, original holiday music. I'm sure you've heard many songs out there that, you know, they're cute, they're boppy, whatever. But to really create good, beautifully written, amazing holiday music is hard. It's no easy feat. And, and you, my friend, have done that. So what was that songwriting wow. process like for you? And was that different than how you write your other music? I think, thanks for that, by the way. That's amazing. Um, I, I think it's really that my goal, first off, was just to write really good songs and not just good holiday songs. I think the only difference when you're working on a holiday record is on regular songs, there's a perimeter of like schmaltz that you can't go past. But I think in Christmas music, you have a little more leeway. You can get a little more sentimental. You can get a little more schmaltzy. You can get a little more, you know. But I look back, like my wife and I were just talking about this yesterday. We had a long ride and we had the, the holiday playlist shuffling. And so some of my songs would pop up in there. And, and like, we were surprised, like looking back, there's a lot of kind of depressing holiday stuff on there. And I, I mean that the best way because it's, you know, the holidays are a rush of emotions of all different kinds, everything about it. It makes you feel sad, it makes you feel happy and it makes you wanna call up old friends that you haven't seen in a long time and it makes you look at memories in a different way. And so a lot of these songs were kind of covering all of that. These, these were about like, I wanna be with my family for Christmas, I wanna be home for Christmas. And these were about, you know, regrets and things that you know that the holiday makes you think about and kind of taking stock of that for the new year was that hard for you to tap into or did that just come to you very easily and naturally oh yeah no i'm a giant open wound and so that's kind of like that's like that's my wheelhouse man that's where i that's where i feel at home <laughs> like a raw nerve that i just keep going hey what's that do what's that do right right well hey it made some great music I, and there's so much on the album that i love but a new york christmas for me is such a beautiful and powerful song. And you just performed that at Rockefeller Center, the tree lighting, of course. And I was watching that and I saw you got really emotional, man. You got really choked up. What was going through your mind when you were performing that? I mean, it's a weird year. It's been a weird couple of years, you know? And uh, when I think about, you know, my, that the original version of that, I, I re-recorded it, th thanks to my wife for that but I re-recorded it for this album with a kind of a new spin on it. But the original version I recorded right after 
and I played it for the first time actually before I recorded. I was I, every year I would do a show at, at Blythdale Children's Hospital. And right after 9-11, it was, a, it was a strange Christmas, and it was very close to September. We were all still just starting to kind of come out of our shells here in New York. And uh, I wanted to come into that performance with a little something to say that I kind of understood the, the gravity of, of the moment that we were all in and why this wasn't just a normal Christmas. And so I wrote New York Christmas a couple nights before I was set to perform, and I went in and I played it there for the first time. And then a couple months later, I went and recorded it. And so this was kind of born out of another strange time. And I've think that there was a time the other night where I was performing and I'm sitting there, I'm just looking out over this city that I love so much and thinking about just how much unity there is in it. You know, I mean, how many helping hands, how many people that are there that, that want to do good in the middle of all this craziness. And I kind of felt like there was, it was just, we were at, at the, at another time of uncertainty and another time, you know, where you just kind of felt like you needed someone to spread their love even more than, than normal. And that song, I think it just kind of hit me. Sometimes I think a lot of people ask what my favorite songs are. And they usually go with, there are certain songs that just on certain nights hit me and kind of put me back in the place I was when I wrote them. And then for that night, that's my favorite song. And so that night at the tree lighting, that was my favorite song. Are you a pretty emotional guy or do you allow yourself to be more emotional through your songwriting, through your performing? I'm certainly emotional. In fact, it's almost like, you know, I don't know, like if you're, if, if you know, like, X-Men. There's the one character where if he, if he takes off his glasses, it just goes everywhere. So he has to keep them on so he doesn't kill everybody with it. So like, I think my emotions just are that always there. And then songs in a way help me kind of rein it in and kind of like, I don't know, like, why am I so anxious right now? Why do I feel weird right now? Like, why am I upset? Why am I sad? And I'll sit down and a melody will start like taking me down a path that'll start leading me to a lyric that'll start leading me to a narrative that will start telling me, like informing me more of what my emotions are. And so that's why a lot of times the songs are less plotted out and more just kind of like when I feel an emotion, I want to sit down, I want to kind of and chart it out and see what it feels like in song. And there's a lot of that in, in the Christmas record as well. But other than Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, I didn't want to do a lot of traditional covers. So, you know, the Brian Adams song was one that I grew up with. B.B. Winans doing the, the Ray Charles song with me like that's just an amazing moment for me because that's one of my favorite songs of all time so again it was the christmas record was about that too you know it was about just kind of discovering all those little pieces of me and in the holidays that's so cool i like that you allow yourself to go there and i think that's a huge part of your success i mean there's a million reasons why you're so successful but i think people listen to you and they feel what you're feeling they feel what you're saying i don't necessarily gravitate towards artists where there's no emotion and with you there always seems to be emotion i think that's a pretty damn cool thing how would you say that when you look at your collective body of work let's say and you see your christmas album you see your matchbox 20 songs you see your solo stuff is there a common thread or do you kind of create different vibes per category of work as far as the writing process i think there's something about if i if i'm going through something that's particular to me the job as a writer is to really write how that thing that you're going through makes you feel and not necessarily that specific thing. Like if I'm having a fight with my wife, you don't need to know about the fight that I'm having with my wife, but you're probably going through something that makes you feel the way I'm feeling in that moment. And so if you write a song about the feeling, it becomes more universal and more shared, I think. So when you're writing, you just, you write all the time. Like for me, it's, it's just a thing. I'm constantly writing. And then you say, okay, well, it's time for a matchbox record or it's time for a solo record. 
And I just kind of go, okay, well, this is what I've got right now. This is my life up to now in song. This is what I'm working on. If it's Matchbox, they pick the songs that they like. And, you know, as a band, being a band, they dictate the sound of that. Like that becomes, you know, a song that if I had done it solo with my group of musicians, it might have sounded completely different, the exact same song. But because Matchbox is very much just a band in every sense of the word, that's going to be what the personality is. So I don't really have to think that hard about it. I just have to try and write the best songs I can, and then they'll find their place. I mean, I've got more. I write, I'm sure, two and a half easy albums to get one album that I like. And so there's all these songs just kind of sitting out there. And then some of them you come back to, I strip them for parts, I like to say, in the scrapyard, you know, like I'll, I'll just be like, oh, I'm you know, missing this great melody. And like, oh, I remember I wrote this chorus for the song I didn't use. Let me grab that and put different lyrics to it. And so it's just kind of like, the, it's literally like a workshop. You know, you see that old guy's workshop and you're working on a car and you've just got pieces all around. And you're like, wait a minute, I think I've got a fucking, I got a carburetor for this song. Hold on, I can get it, you know, and, and make it work. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. I imagine for someone like you, it's very hard to narrow down the choices that end up on the final album right because you do write so much that process must be mind-numbing because you must love all of the work you you create right yeah i mean i think that what happens is so let's say if i'm just starting out and i'm like okay I, i know i'm writing a record because i love this song and then i might write two or three more songs and then the fourth song i write all of a sudden i like it so much 
that it set the bar higher than these other songs. And now I'm like, oh, now I gotta, I gotta write songs that are of this caliber now. And so I keep trying to figure out like what I, where I'm at, keep trying to see if I can kind of beat where I'm at and make them, that makes me feel like when I go through it, there's never one, cause you know, if you look back over 30 years, there's a lot of times where I look back on a record and especially those records that you kind of had a quick turnaround on, you went in, you made them really quick. It was, you had a deadline. And you look back a couple years later and you're just like, ah, I wouldn't have put that song on there. You know, it doesn't like I was trying something that I don't think worked. Like with Matchbox, we always joke around like we had a song called uh, Put Your Hands Up and we had a song called uh, Like Sugar. And they're horrible songs. I mean, when you go back and listen to them, I think arguably really bad songs. But I knew what I was trying to do at the time. I just think I failed at it. So now I think I like to try and give myself as much time as I can so that I have as little of those moments as possible. You strike me as someone who finds inspiration quite often and maybe at all sorts of different times during the day and night. Do you remember what one of the oddest moments of inspiration was in your life? What Were you doing something and it struck? Like, has there been a, a really funny moment for you where you just had to kind of get something out? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a lot of times where I wake up in the middle of the night. And I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of people that, that write uh, any kind of writing. You know, there's a there's just a part of your brain that turns off and that usually as you're getting tired or just about to fall asleep, that's the part of the brain that sometimes blocks creativity. So then if you get into this kind of like right on that edge, you, this idea comes to you. And sometimes you'll just literally dream a song. I've woke up, I've woke up with a song in my head that I know I dreamed that I was playing it for someone. My wife and I have gotten into a giant fight and like left each other, like went to our corners, shut down, you know, mad at each other. And then I would come back at like two in the morning and wake her up and be like, listen, you got to hear this song I just wrote about the, about the fight we just had. Um, <laughs> that's, that's happened more than one time. How does she respond to that? <laughs> I think now, now she, I mean, now she wakes up and I remember one time I wrote this song called Recollection Phoenix and we were leaving Phoenix and I got into this big fight with her. We were on the bus and this is still at the time when we were all sharing a bus. So she was in a bunk and I came over and, and like woke her up and played her this song and she was just kind of looking at me with her tired eyes and uh when she was done she goes that should be a willie nelson song and then she just closed the curtain and uh like five years later willie covered it and it became he and he wound up doing the song so she's got a good ear amazing i think that's really special also it sounds like you have a great support system and always have in her and i think for any artist no matter what side of it you're you're in it makes a big difference right yeah, I mean, I think also you got to have someone who's honest with you because I know when she tells me if something's not very good, then if she tells me something's good, I know I believe it. Mm. You know, so there's no sugarcoating. We've known we've been together for 25 years, so we kind of. I sometimes I know at this point just as I'm playing it for her, I'm just like, yeah, this isn't working. And they and they say that's true about a lot of like for any writer, if you really want to know how you feel about a song you just wrote, play it for anybody. Just mm. go into a room and play it for somebody. And there's something about vicariously through that moment, you're going to know if it's working or not. There's just like all of a sudden, like when you're out of that vacuum and you put it out into the world, you're just like, yeah, I feel it now. This isn't happening like this. I got to go back. Back to your your Christmas album. A lot of people choose to do all covers, and that's fine, and and they're awesome, and yeah. we all love them, you know. But for you, it was really important to write a lot of your own originals. About half the album, like you said, what made that decision a must in your mind? Well, I think first off, I'm like I I don't consider myself a performer. I'm a writer, and I perform the songs that I write. You know, like I always say, like if this stops working out for me, like you're not going to find me on Dancing with the Stars. 
this is my thing. Like, no offense to Jason. I, I don't want to sound like it's Jason's my buddy. And I know he just is famously right now just crushed it and did a really great job on that. But it's like, I, I don't have any other thing except for writing. And so I had two things. I was going in with this idea that I was going to do an all originals Christmas album. And Atlantic Records <clears throat> didn't love the idea of being tasked with <clears throat> trying to put out a holiday record full of songs that nobody's heard before. So then I was going to do a record that was going to be half originals and half just 80s Christmas stuff that I grew up with. And they still kind of felt the same way. They're still like, well, I still think if you don't give us at least one traditional song that we, you know, so uh, that's why Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas was on there mm. because it was like, it was, it was a, you know, Atlantic Records were like, we, I, we, we need one. We need one traditional Christmas song. And then it, to me, like Brian Adams singing something about Christmas time at my age, that is a giant hit. Like that was a huge song. Like I love that song. There's like three or four songs that never made it that I'm kind of bummed about. And so maybe in the future, I'll be able to release those as like a, like a little mini Christmas EP or something. I don't know. Well, or maybe you need a whole full length second Christmas album. I'm just saying. Yeah. Maybe I'll just do Christmas albums from now on. Maybe I'll just do holiday <laughs> albums. I got, the, I got my big Thanksgiving release coming up. It's going to be awesome. Oh man. Nice. Can't wait for that one. <laughs> what I think is so cool about you is you're very much a multi-generational artist, right? Like people like me, I'm a millennial. I grew up with you. I've known you since I was a teenager, but there's whole new generations of people who are discovering you through collaborations you've done over the years, most recently through Barbie, where you were in the hottest movie of <laughs> yeah. the year, man. Like you literally are featured in the hottest number one movie of the entire year. How did that even happen, by the way? I, I mean, that was just, I think, you know why? Because Greta Gerwig is of a certain age. And she, you know, it said that when she was going like in high school, middle school, like she loved Push. That was one of the songs that she loved. So I just got a, it was, you know, you get these things that just come in email forms and it says Greta Gerwig making a movie, Margot Robbie, Ryan Gosling, it's Barbie and they want to use Push and it's Ken's favorite song and he sings it on a beach. And that's like the only thing you find out. And so knowing Barbie and knowing Greta Gerwig and knowing Push, I knew that there was going to be a tongue in cheek aspect to it. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a full on just kind of making fun of push or if it was going to be what, what it turned out to be, I think, which is in context, you know, I think there was a lot of this kind of angst and sometimes manufactured angst that came with nineties music. And I kind of feel like, you know, that kind of manufactured angst and not knowing what to do with it. So you just go, ah, ah, ah. that was kind of like where Ken was in the movie. And it kind of felt like that was the only way he could express himself, you know, was through an angsty 90s song. So in the end of the day, I was I was happy with, with the way that it came out. And, and I think just to see Ryan Gosling's beautiful face sing my song coming out of his mouth, that's just worth the whole thing. Oh, it's so great. And like I said, it went back soaring on the charts. A whole new generation of people were downloading that song, which is so cool. I was so excited to see you pop up in that movie, but I feel like you're popping up everywhere. I just saw you pop up in an aviation gin commercial with Ryan Reynolds. I mean, how do these things keep happening with pop culture and you? It's amazing. <laughs> I think it's just, this is my year of Canadian Ryans. Yeah. I, mean, I think that's just, you know, that's just what's going on. I, like The universe is sending them to me. Yeah, no, I mean, those things are, are really cool. Like I don't, I try to be, a when we were coming up in the 90s, you know, there was a lot of movie offers and commercial offers and things like that. And it was a different time. And you, you, you turned down everything like that was just kind of like, it wasn't cool. You didn't want to be in a movie and you didn't want to be in commercials. And you, you know, now it's come so far in, in another direction that like, now I see 
you know, a, a car commercial with a friend of mine with a song in it. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I get that? I want to do that commercial, you know, because now you just you want to find more ways for people to kind of experience your music. And so sometimes, you know, that's straight through vicariously through Ryan Gosling, through, you know, through a giant movie like Barbie, or sometimes it's me personally putting my face in front of some people that probably wouldn't have gotten to see it and then hoping they'll come back over to the music, you know, but, but eventually at all, you hope that it ties back because I think one of the things I never want to be is a celebrity. Like I work really, really hard since I was a kid to be a famous musician, which to me is are two completely separate worlds. Well, I think that's so interesting because to me, you're easily one of the most recognizable musicians in the world. And I, I would argue almost everybody knows a song of yours, yet you have found a way to straddle that line of being private and putting out enough but not everything so that you don't become this caricature of who you are so i take it that's always been important for you yeah i mean you know i love love you know I've, I've had times where i sit on a plane with someone and we strike up a conversation and we're talking for a few hours and then it comes around to what i do and they find out what i do and that i'm in and it turns out that they know like a million of my songs they just didn't recognize me and i'm like oh that's good i mean that you know to have famous songs that are more famous than you as a person. I always thought that was kind of the goal. You know, you want music that was going to be around because I'm not, you know, eventually I'm not going to be around. Eventually I'm not going to be able to shake my ass on stage. I got to like about my knees have another two years of me being able to jump off the piano and then that's out the window. And then I'm on my sitting on the stool days. So, you know, hopefully the music stays young forever though. Oh, it will. And that's why you're so brilliant at what you do. You're in it for the right reasons. And through everything you just said, that's what makes you such a grounded artist who keeps finding success and who keeps having these reinventions, if you will, and reaching different demos and generations of people because you do do it for the right reason. And I always say you can smell a fake and you, my man, certainly are not. You're really nice, Tommy. I um. I kind of feel like you don't, there's, there's so little things that you kind of have control over, right? And how people are going to perceive things and, and, and how successful things are going to be. Like all you really have control over is your motive and your intention and your purpose, everything that you put into something. And then you just hope for the best thing that's going to kind of come out of that. I've been really fortunate that we have a group of fans that, you know, starting almost 30 years ago, like if you took 3AM as one, you know, one of our first record songs, and then you listen to Bent, and then you listen to Z's, or then you listen to me and Lonely No More. It's like these sound like different artists and different bands. And I've been really fortunate to have these fans that are generous enough with their their time and their ears to like let us go a little bit this way and a little bit this way, and not kind of they never pigeonholed us or me into having to do one thing. And so I think it was that generosity from them that really was the gift that allowed me to not I think not just have longevity but to have longevity and be able to explore and feel creative while i was doing it and not feel like well let me put on the push suit you know and go back out and, and write a matchbox song you know this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. 
You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like <sighs> being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant... Just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. When you think back on that amazing career since you started on day one to now, what is something that you're the most proud of that you look back at and you're like, man, yeah, I did that. I'm proud of me. I mean, it's, I don't know if it's, if it's too uh, far reaching, but I mean, uh, one thing is, is just the longevity, like to still be here is another version of success. It's, you know, more than when we first started when you want to sell a million records or you want to, you know, I think that I've, tr I've managed to really stay connected in a really real way with the person that started this journey inside of me and to try and stay really thankful all the time about everything that's, that's come for me. And so like, you know, there's times where my wife will get frustrated and be like, I don't think you're appreciated enough. You know, and I'll be like, I, I think I'm really, you know, I'm really grateful. A lot of people seem to like it, you know, and just enough people, I have a good career. I do well, I get to go play music, you know, and it's, it's everywhere I go, people are kind of nice to me, <laughs> you know, like this, this is fine. This is where it should be. So I think just, I'm staying grounded, you know, and I think not taking the idea of success and taking it out of context that it means anything else when you're not in, in the world of playing music. Like I never understand the idea that like, if I'm really good at something or if I'm just successful at something that somehow everybody else needs to just respect every other part of, of everything about me, you know, like, you know, well, screw you. I've got a number one record. Well, yeah, somebody else had it last week and somebody else will have one next week. And, you know, you're just lucky enough to kind of visit this spot for a second. Like you don't own it. You don't own success. And without gratitude, I feel like you're eventually going to be doomed for, for failure. And I think it's always important to be gracious. And you see the people who have not maintained that. And I think, again, that's one of the secrets to why you've had such a vibrant and long career. Is there anything that you haven't done yet that's still on your list or any person you want to collaborate with? I mean, is there anything left for Rob Thomas or does he feel like mm, I kind of hit everything I want and I'm just going to keep creating? No, I mean, listen, superficially, I would love to see Matchbox 20 win a Grammy. You know, that's never happened. We, I would love to see Matchbox 20 play SNL. We never did SNL. 
Apparently, though, we found that it was for years. It was because our manager pissed off somebody, and they they were like, and we were banned. Oh, I mean, there's like there's so many talented people out there, you know. Like I was just talking with with Brian Fallon from the Gaslight Anthem, you know. Like I, I love that band. Uh, I would love to do something with someone like a Miley Cyrus, who I just think is amazing. I mean, there's a million things that I'm sure are, are right around the corner tomorrow or the next day or the next day, you know, an opportunity. You never know when that email is going to come through. They'd be like, hey, so-and-so wants to write with you or so-and-so wants to work with you. I'm just kind of open to all the possibilities. And that's the way to be, man. That's what I love about our industries, anything creative. It's you don't know what each day will bring. And that's what's so fun. Yeah. And if you put in the work and you maintain a sense of gratitude and keep your head down and, and just do the job in a fulfilling way. Anything can happen. Man, you and Miley, that would be sick. That would be awesome, right? Come on, Miley. Oh. It's funny, too, because we like uh, her drummer is Matchbox 20's drummer. Her backup singer is my backup singer in my solo band. We have some... Oh, and her uh, guitar player was Matchbox 20's, like our backup guy that was kind of like the the stand in the wings guy in case somebody got sick. Like We've got half her band already, so all she has to do is come on over, and we're ready for her. You know what? I'm going to help you campaign. I'm going to release this clip online when the episode drops and we're going to campaign, baby. Let's do it. Miley, make music with me or a puppy dies. Um, <laughs> I, uh, you know, it's something that, that I learned, I think, over the last maybe 10 years or the eight years you know, ish was giving my life space outside of my career. For the longest time, I was so grateful that I, if these opportunities came, I, I couldn't say no to them. You know, like I felt like I can't let this thing go by or that that's a moment passing by. And then I've realized that sometimes that's at the jeopardy of your actual life. You know, mm -hmm. there's less time that you spend with your family, less time that you spend with your friends. And so you prioritize this better. And so as you know, and with Matchbox, as we've gotten older, our relationship is so much better because we've started just being honest about like right up front. Oh, that doesn't work for me. And everybody goes, oh, OK, well, I'm kind of bummed out, but I'm glad you told me. Let's move on as opposed to in the past making promises you can't keep or doing something that you knew you didn't want to do and then you're kind of miserable about it during the whole process. Um, I think as you get older, learning to say no to something is also pretty okay. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And I also think as an artist, you have to live a real life to create the best work you can ultimately create. So if you're not a real person, what are you talking about? What are you singing about? What are you writing about, right? Right, yeah, you become one of those guys that just write songs about being famous. Oh. I don't know about you, but I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure Kanye had one. <laughs> yeah, that's so right on, man. Listen, the name of the show is I've Never Said This Before. And the title is about having us all share something, whether it's deep, whether it's silly, that we've never really said before. Is there anything that comes to mind as, as open as you are? Because I know you've been very open throughout your career. But is there anything you've never said before? You know, it's funny, I, with the title, I was, I was thinking about this. I realized that as thankful as I am and how easy it is for me to show gratitude for, for things that have happened to me or for things when people, are, when people do nice things for me, I cannot say thank you, just simply say thank you when a compliment comes my way. I think there's a sense of like, maybe, you know, I'm a child of an alcoholic so you have this need to please that's always inside of you, this need, you know, which, you know, applause is good. Love that. But like a one-on-one -on -one situation with someone who has just genuinely said something nice, I fumble and I, I will immediately make a, a weird, you know, like if somebody's like, wow, you know, you look really good today. I'll be like, oh, I'm dead inside, you know, or if somebody, you know, 
like, you know, that, man, I love that song. I'm just like, oh, I'm a hack. You know, and you immediately just kind of like, I kind of clam up and I have, I don't, I've, ne- I've not never said thank you, but I've never been able to say it in that kind of a situation. Wow, that's so interesting. Just go, wow, thanks. Because I feel the fear that like if somebody comes up to me and says like, that was great. And I go, oh, thanks. What I'm saying is, you're right. I'm fucking great. And then, and I don't want it, you know, I don't want that to come across. I want people to understand that, you know, it's relative. All this stuff is relative. And all that kind of goes through my head. So I just kind of go, <laughs> and I just clam up and I can't, I just can't do it. And this is something I'm working uh, with my, uh, like my therapist sometimes will just, will just drop me on that one. I'll be like, oh, that's nice. And she goes, no, no. what do you say? What do you say? I'm like, thank you. She's like, right. Just say thank you. I get it though, man. I'm, I'm, I come from that same mentality. I get very uncomfortable and I don't like it. So it's, and when you think about it, it's silly. It's like, oh, someone's paying you a compliment. You should just say thank you yeah. and take it. But yeah, it's it's a funny thing how uncomfortable that can make someone like you, but then you can get up in an arena and perform in front of tens of thousands of people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I was about to say 20,000 people, you know, hands in the air clapping. That's fine. I think because it's nebulous, you yeah. know, there's like, it's, it's kind of, that's easy for me to not have to single out, you know, like I can... I can be a completely different, more electrified version of myself in front of 20,000 people. But if it's me and three people, I am like a shoegazing hermit, you know, and like, like retreating inside of myself as <laughs> yeah. a play. I totally get that. I get that so much. Rob, before I let you go, and I know this is going to be like picking a favorite child or puppy, but... For all of those listening right now, and maybe for people who are going to be new fans of you, what would you say is one Matchbox song, one Rob Solo song, and one Christmas song everybody should turn this off and go listen to right now? Okay, these are people who've never heard anything. Never heard anything. Say. Okay, uh, Matchbox 20, start with Bright Lights. If you don't like Bright Lights, you probably won't like Matchbox 20. Me, listen to a song called The Great Unknown. Probably because if, you, if I don't tell you to, even if you know me, you might not go listen to it. And Christmas, uh, on my Christmas record, there is a song called I Believe in Santa Claus. These are both covers. There's a song called I Believe in Santa Claus that I do with Abby Anderson that um, came out very, very sad and sweet. And then there's a song called The Spirit of Christmas, that I do with B.B. Winans, who's one of my, my dear friends, the great gospel legend, B.B. Winans. And it's, it's just something I'm very, very proud of. And for some reason, him and I sing really well together. You wouldn't expect it, but it works out great. And that's our second Christmas song together, by the way. B.B. Winans and I did a song of, of his called uh, My Christmas Prayer that's out mm. there as well. All right. You heard the man, guys. Go download all of it. Listen to it. Enjoy it. Rob, it has been so, well, no, go do it. I'm saying go do it. You're saying don't, come on, do we need to work on this in the next therapy session? (laughs) Go listen to it. Rob, I, I, it's fine. It's fine. I get it. It's fine. Oh my God. Go listen to it now. Rob, I couldn't have enjoyed this more. I could talk to you forever. Like I said, you've, you've always been a musical hero of mine. I think your work is so great and I'm so pumped that people are still discovering you guys in new ways as as you continue to branch out and do more and more and i just i i really am proud of you even though i don't know you it sounds crazy but i am i'm like i'm cheering you on from afar man that is super super nice of you brother um thank you for reaching out by the way that was very cool of you to do so yeah it was, it was, my- it was really glad to get that message 
Oh, it was my pleasure, man. Looking forward to staying in touch and keep rocking out. All right. Have a great holiday season. All right, man. You too. I'll see you out there. I've Never Said This Before is hosted by me, Tommy D'Addario. This podcast is executive produced by Andrew Puglisi at iHeartRadio and by me, Tommy, with editing by Joshua Kolodny. I've Never Said This Before is part of the Elvis Duran Podcast Network on iHeart Podcasts. For more, rate, review, and subscribe to our show. And if you like this episode, tell your friends. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Tommy D'Addario. is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from undercover tourists. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from undercover tourist and authorized seller and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with undercover tourists now and save. UndercoverTourist.com Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.